Well, welcome back to Forgotten Lakers. We're here today with George Lynch. Uh, George's first three years in the NBA from 94 to 96 were with Los Angeles. George, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. Cool. Glad to hear it. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. Uh, when I started this podcast, uh, you were a guy I thought about getting in touch with early. So glad we were able to finally get this going. But uh, one of the first questions I typically like to ask when I've gotten a chance to talk to a former Laker, when did you get started playing basketball and when did you start to realize that you had a real future in the game? Uh, I started I was about nine years old. My uh, stepfather used to take me to the gym with him mm-hmm. and uh, on Sundays and I used to play with the older guys. And uh, I guess I probably figured uh, – that I was pretty good by the time I was uh, got to middle school. You know, I was one of the tallest in my class. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, people were like, oh, man, you're pretty good at this. You know, I played both sports. I played multiple sports. I tried baseball at one point, tried to play a little soccer. Uh, football, I was too skinny and tall by the time I got to high school. Mm-hmm. and uh, I just decided that basketball was probably a better sport for me. Uh, were you a fan of any particular players or teams growing up at that time? Yeah, I grew up in, uh, you know, I'm from Virginia, so I was a big Julius Irvin fan. Oh, okay, cool. Pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Um, yeah, you touched a little bit about talking about, um, you know, when you were started to play in high school, and I was doing a little research for this, and I uh, was reading about the 1989 McDonald's All-American game that you got to play in. Yes, yes. And uh, I was thinking, like, well, obviously, so this is way before, you know, the Internet, way before YouTube. So did you know a lot about the guys that you were going to play with in that game? Like, did you, like, know who Shaq was? Did you know who Jim Jackson and Tracy Murray and all these guys were? Or was – I heard you... – I heard – I've heard of those guys through the Nike All-Star camps and things like that. I played against uh... – you know, a few of them. Actually, Shaq, uh, you know, Texas had the rule that they couldn't play basketball in the summer, so we never got opportunity to see Shaq. But, you know, I played against guys who were a little bit older than me, like Alonzo Mourning. Uh, mm-hmm. Played against him. We beat them in the state finals in high school. My oh, wow. Year. Yeah, so, I, I mean, you know, I was by the, time, by the time my junior year, I was a, you know, top 25 player. In the country, I was, uh, you know, uh, by the time I became a senior, you know, I won one state championship as a junior. Went to mm-hmm. a, uh, uh, the end of my junior year, I left my hometown and went to a basketball powerhouse, Flint Hill, you know, where like Dennis Scott and all those guys played. And, cool. uh, yeah, so I was, I mean, by the time my junior senior year, I was, you know, a top 25 player in the country. Did uh, did you play with Dennis Scott, or was he he was a little older than you? He was he was a little older. He was uh, I think he was he's Dennis is one or two years ahead of me. Oh okay. But we um, played for the same high school coach. Yeah. Uh, coming out of high school, uh, like you said, top twenty five player in the country, get to go to the eighty nine uh, McDonald's All American game. What was the recruitment process like that led to you selecting uh, University of North Carolina? Well, you know, I, you know, I was actually a, a Lynn Bias fan. Uh, that's mm. why I wore number 34 in high school and throughout college. Uh, you know, then the Lynn Bias situation happened my freshman year. 
Mm. And Maryland never recovered from it, but I always wanted to play in the ACC because I was, you know, uh, uh, grew up in Virginia. And by the time, you know, I was recruited, you know, I narrowed my list down to two Virginia schools, Virginia, Virginia Tech, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, of course, I like Georgetown, John Thompson, and, uh, but, but, John Thompson and Coach Smith didn't recruit the same player. So, mm. uh, um, and then Maryland never recovered. So those are my top five to six schools. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it came down to, you know, playing for legendary uh, Dean Smith and uh, all the great players that he had coming to the University of North Carolina in the, in the early 80s and 90s. And obviously you got to be a part of a storied UNC team in 93, you know, going all the way in the NCAA tournament and winning the title. I mean, are there any particular memories from that tournament run that like really stick out to you uh, to this day? You know, that, that whole year was uh, very memorable, memorable for that team. Uh, you know, we, we lost four games that year and um, the way we lost the four games, it was always, you know, something that we learned from um, the next day in practice or the following week. Uh, we lost to four good teams. Wake Forest had a good team that year. We lost to Michigan <clears throat> in the Christmas tournament in Hawaii, mm-hmm. chipping at the buzzer. Uh, you know, of course, the rivalry with Duke, we split home and home. Mm-hmm. And then we lost to uh, Georgia Tech in the ACC championship game. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, it was, you know, it was a lot of good memories uh, throughout that year. Of course, the Florida State comeback, you know, we were down by 22 points, made mm-hmm. that comeback. Uh, so, it, it, you know, it was, you know, Coach Smith's last championship team, you know. So oh, that's over true. The years, yeah, over the years, you look back on it, uh, you know, we accomplished a lot of good things that year. Cool. Um, well, you come out for the 93 NBA draft, get drafted 12th overall by the Lakers. Uh, heading into the draft, were you um, feeling like you were going to get selected by the Lakers, or did, were you like hoping to go to any other teams, or thinking you might get to another team, or how did it? Uh, how was the pre-draft no, we process? Didn't, I didn't. We didn't know. Uh, you know, Dean Smith was was connected with a lot of GMs and owners, and kind of got a feel for where his players were going to go, and. I knew I was going to be a top 15 player, but didn't know where in that in that process I was going to end up. Uh, I think I worked out for Seattle that year, Miami, mm-hmm. um, the Lakers, the Pacers, and a team that I worked out for that year. Mm. So one like so I've been a lifelong Lakers fan, collected you know, Lakers cards, memorabilia and stuff for, for a long time. And so I have uh, like several different cards of yours, like still from uh, when I was a kid and, mm-hmm. you know, and no, in them, I noticed you had different Jersey numbers. And then I like doing a little bit more research. You played three years in LA and every single year you had a different Jersey number. And, but I think it, well, I wanted number 34, but Tony Smith had that number when I came in. Okay. And uh, you know, we were rebuilding and we had bad years and I was just trying to find any way to to uh 
to start over, you know, oh, I ended okay. up wearing 24 one year and, you know, was in the trade uh, for, for for Shaq and Kobe to be uh-huh. cool with Anthony Pillar and myself. Yeah, yeah. So I think your rookie year, you had 24 and then um, you were 30. And then your last year in L.A., you were 34, the last player to wear number 34 uh, before Shaq, like you said, before you were in that trade for Vancouver. But what's so unique about your last year is was Magic Johnson's comeback. And I remember, like I said, the first episode I did with this was the Fred Roberts episode. And so he was on that team. And um, Mm -hmm. we talked a lot about, uh, you know, Magic's comeback that year and how he was worried, how it worked with like the dynamics of the team. Um, Well, I mean, can you even put into words like what that was like when he came back uh, and how, how it affected the team or how it it, did it affect your game personally, or how did that work out for you as an individual? Uh, Well, actually um, it it actually worked out great for me because I got a chance to play when he came back. I had my 30 point game, uh, when 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 he came back out of retirement against the Bucks, mm-hmm. uh, and you know it was it was it was you know it was how can I put it it was good and bad uh, mm-hmm. you know Cedric Sabala was leading the team in scoring matter of fact he might have been leading the league in scoring mm-hmm. you know Magic comes back Cedric goes a wall goes to the bench you know so there was a lot of a lot of drama going on but. You know, actually, Magic coming back, he may, you know, travel better. We ate better food. Uh, <laughs> we was, we was treated better as players. So, uh, you know, although it was a great franchise, but you know, uh, you know, Magic had that rock star status. You know, people came, people started to come to the games. We played out in sold out arenas, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we didn't make the playoffs that year, but, uh, you know, some good things came along with it. Oh, that's interesting. I like the part about you getting, you know, nicer treatment on the road and better food. I don't think Fred said anything about that, so that's funny. <laughs> yeah, I just remember Magic coming back, you know, complaining that he wasn't going to eat the food that was at the, that the airlines catered. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> they started picking up food from restaurants, so that was a, uh, a big difference. <laughs> uh, and then obviously that being your last year in L.A., like you said, and being in the trade to kind of make room to sign Shaq, um, that trade to Vancouver, did that catch you off guard? Or uh, once they started pursuing Shaq, were you expecting that something might happen? Well, I think every player, when they first get traded, is a, is a shot. Uh, you know, I was actually doing a camp in uh, uh, it was a Pacific Palisades when I found out that I was getting traded. And, and, and it was shocking because Jerry West's son was at the camp. Mm-hmm. And I'm not for sure who dropped them off. Jerry dropped them off or his wife dropped them off. But Jerry didn't come in and tell me that he was trading me. So that was my first experience. Mm-hmm. You know, being in business transaction uh, with the Lakers. I mean, well, so what were you expecting going to Vancouver? Because you're for, I mean, well, I guess when you got there, it may have just been their second year as a team in Vancouver. Um, well, I think it was, I think it might have been their third year. I'm not sure. Maybe you're but, right. 
Yeah. I was, I was, I was, you know, it was an opportunity for me to play more. It was an expansion team, uh, you know, coming from North Carolina. And when I played high school basketball, you know, losing, we want to think we won 15 games that whole year. So mm. that was, that was depressing, you know, yeah. and a shocker and hard to, hard to swallow as a professional athlete. But, uh, you know, it was an opportunity for me to learn, uh, you know, uh, what it took to be a pro. Mm-hmm. And then when I got my opportunity to go to Philadelphia, I was I was better prepared. Yeah, you go to Philadelphia, um, you know, in the fall of 99. And, you know, two years later, you're playing your old team in the finals, 2001 NBA finals. But I know you got hurt in that playoff run. Um, yeah, I was hurt in the semifinals. I was hurt in the semifinal of my fifth medal torso. Mm-hmm. I ended up having surgery, but um, the pin that they put in my fifth medal torso wasn't big enough. So I tried to play in the finals, but I was feeling too much pain and couldn't, couldn't wasn't able to, uh, wasn't able to play. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, you know, watching that series and you being out for the first handful of games and then playing limited minutes in the other games, but. Uh... You know, your team ruined that perfect Laker playoff run in that game one of that series yeah. where, yeah, so the, that one stings a little bit as a Laker fan, but that was a hell of a game by Iverson. And um, Yeah, we uh, we had too many injuries to overcome that series. Uh, I think, you know, Eric Snow had a broken ankle. Aaron McKee was hurt. Yeah. You know, my foot was broken. Uh, Mike Geiger didn't. Didn't want to play, so yeah, oh, that's a name I haven't much. heard in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it was it was too much for Larry Brown to uh, to overcome. Mm-hmm. Um, end up finishing your career with a few years, well, one year in Charlotte, then a handful of years in New Orleans. Uh, that 2005 year, your final year in the NBA. I'm always curious about you know when guys' professional careers have come to an end. Uh, when that year ended, were you expecting that to be the end, or did you think you were going to have, uh, you know, a shot to return and get healthy again? Well, I had uh, I had plantar fasciitis. And, uh, I don't know if you know about that injury. Uh, that's probably one of the worst injuries that a that an athlete can have. You can't train. Mm-hmm. You know, it's painful to get up in the morning and walk. And, mm-hmm. uh, I was never able to uh, train professionally the professional level that I was capable of uh, being able to compete. So I decided that uh, that would be my last year. Oh, just from that injury? Yeah. Cool. I know you've gotten into coaching. Um, You know, know you're at SMU for a long time. I'm actually in the Dallas area. And uh, so I remember you being on Larry Brown's staff. Tell me about your new job that you just got. This is your first season. Is it Clark Atlanta University? Yes. Uh, so, so after, so during during my uh, years at SNU, the NBA started assistant coaching, assistant coaches program, mm-hmm. where former guys could could learn about you know being an NBA coach or assistant or part of the NBA franchise. And uh, and I ran into the commissioner of the SWAT uh, while I was coming back from meeting in New York. And uh, he said that they were trying to work out a deal where help give former players opportunities to be coaches in mm-hmm. in the SWAT conference. And uh, Daryl Walker was at uh, Clark before I, and uh, 
Carol ended up going to Little Rock, Arkansas, taking a job, and um, the Clark job was open. I was actually in the G League last year with the Pistons. Oh, yeah. Their G League team. And uh, the opportunity came up to be a head coach, and uh, I thought it was pretty, uh, you know, uh, I thought it would be a new challenge for me to, to run my own team and, and share some of the experiences I had with Dean Smith and, you know, Coach Ryan Brown. Uh, sure. You know, so if I can share these, these experiences with these young men, then I think uh, I've done a great job of giving back to the basketball community. No, that's cool. That's great. And um, obviously, you've been at SMU for so long, and, you know, the G League, the coaching aspirations are there for you. So I hope everything goes great for uh, you and Clark Atlanta this season. All right. Well, thank you. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, well, I appreciate you coming on the Forgotten Lakers podcast and sharing a little bit about, you know, your Lakers stop and the rest of your career. And uh, again, best of luck with everything this season. And um, I'll send you a link when this episode is posted. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you. Cool. Thank you, George. Bye.